This is Photography Business Exposed or Photo Biz X episode number 421 and today we are talking mini sessions and how to set up profitable mini sessions for your studio and our special guest is none other than Philip Bloom of The Blooms who have basically built a thriving photography business around mini sessions. That interview is coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images and welcome to this episode of the podcast. We are going to get into the mini session interview in just a second. Before we get into that, there has been a little bit of talk inside the members Facebook group about the success of Facebook ads and if they still are working as well as they used to. And look, I have to say, yes, they are, but you may need to do a little bit more experimentation. They may not work exactly the way you want first time. And if you are one of those photographers who are guilty of putting something into action, which is fantastic, I applaud you for that. But if it doesn't go exactly like you thought it would the very first time you try it and then you give up, that is not the way to go. In most cases, you're going to have to refine your approach tweak your copy, adjust your targeting and your qualifying leads process. There are going to be things you're going to be tweaking along the way as you go. And the reason I bring this up right now is not only because of the chatter inside the members Facebook group about this topic, but I also received an email this morning from a photographer based in Germany who I've been working closely with, and she recently ran a Facebook ad. It didn't go exactly like we hoped it would the first time, but I implored her not to give up. Like, we have to keep tweaking and refining what she learnt the first time round. And uh, she was adamant that, hey, look, I'm not giving up, Andrew. I'm going to do this again. I just received an email this morning from this photographer, Laura, and she says, I just wanted to let you know that I started my next try at these ads and it's going way better than the first one. It's a different ad and I already have 70 entries after two days and that is with a questionnaire this time. In the first try, it was 24 inquiries after the whole week and that was without a questionnaire. So it was a lower barrier to entry. She goes on to say, I must have found the right balance between being too specific and not specific enough with this one. Not only that, the age group that she's targeting is working much better this time because what Laura found was a lot of the people that were replying to her ad and showing interest in her photography were just a little too young. They didn't have the expendable income and weren't the right demographic for her, which are slightly older women who, in her experience, spend more money on their photography. So we made a few tweaks, or she did, and the results are just so much better. So the big message is whatever tactic you're putting into place, whatever strategy you're utilizing in your photography business, whether it's going to be mini sessions after this interview with Philip Bloom, and I'm sure it will be, there's a good chance it may not work exactly the way you want the first time. The main thing to remember is not to give up, but to go on and tweak and refine those strategies those tactics to suit you and your business and the way you do things with your clients to get these strategies running beautifully for yourself. And Laura, if you're listening, massive congrats to you. It's so good. I'm so excited to see where this goes. And now, a macro look at our last episode. If you didn't catch last week's episode and you're interested in learning how to build a super successful business to the point where it's able to be sold, as a going concern, you absolutely have to go back and listen to last week's interview with Kim Hamlin. She built her studio portrait photography business up to a turnover of $500,000. She then went on to sell her business, which is still running successfully today with the same staff, but brand new owners who are non-photographers. So in the interview, Kim goes through exactly what she had to do to put in place the systems that would make her photography business saleable. And then she goes on to talk about that complete process of building it up and going through the sale from employing a broker, meeting potential new owners and going through the complete sales process. 
there will be some eye-opening takeaways if you've ever considered building the kind of business that is a saleable asset once you find it's time to move on. You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmich, photobizx.com. Okay, just one quick thing before we jump into this interview with Philip Bloom. If you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. Now, what that means is you won't be hearing the full interview today with Philip. I am saving a large portion of the second half for premium members only. But the good news is if you want to access the full interview, and I know you will after hearing the first half, head over to photobizx.com forward slash try. You can sign up for a $1 30-day trial membership, get access to the full interview today with Philip, and get all the other benefits that come with being a PhotoBizX premium member. photobizx.com forward slash try for more details on that $1 30-day trial membership. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. Today's interview is part one of a two-part series on mini sessions and features photographer and educator Philip Bloom of The Blooms. I recently posted in the PhotoBizX members group asking if you'd like to hear from someone who teaches a strategy or a photographer actually utilizing the strategy. Now, the response was mixed, but almost everyone agreed both would be the best way to go. And there were comments like this from Nicole Abbott. She says, I'd love to hear from the blooms. Mini sessions are so frowned upon by pro photographers, yet I love them, but am yet to successfully make money from them. I'd love to hear their methods. And this one from Mike Glatzer, he says, I've taken the blooms minis course and it's excellent. Definitely something worth checking out because they actually make a significant portion of their income via mini sessions, which is pretty counterintuitive. Plus, they're both wonderful people and just awesome to talk to. So in response to that thread, I reached out to Philip Bloom for an interview. Philip and his wife Eileen are a husband and wife wedding photographer team from Atlanta in the USA. I've read that they stumbled on this unique way of doing mini sessions that consistently generates $10,000 in a single weekend without watering down their brand. But I've also read they use mini sessions as a lost leader to drive business and gain clients. Now, I can't wait to learn more and I'm wrapped to have Philip with us now. Philip, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Andrew. I'm so happy to be here, man. It's great to hear your voice. Thank you. <laughs> well, I've heard so many good things about you and your lovely wife, so I'm excited to chat to you. These mini sessions sound amazing. I think the first thing I need to ask is, are they an income generator or a lost leader? <laughs> <laughs> that is an important question. Because for most people, I mean, the general common knowledge about mini sessions in the photography industry is they're just a loss. I mean, they're frowned upon by most and actually rightfully so. I think most of the time photographers are starting up a business and mini sessions are kind of that um, a desperate attempt to appeal to the low income bargain seeking part of the market. And so as a result, if you get any leads at all, if you get new clients through that method, you indeed end up with bargain seeking clients who become, you know, not only a very profitable um, kind of source of income, but also just usually high demand, a lot of problem clients, extra difficulties, certainly not worth your while, even if they happen to be paying you, which are they're not. So that's that kind of loss leader is not what we want to see. Um, in our case, the mini sessions, we kind of flip the whole strategy and the whole business structure behind mini sessions on its head just to do things differently. For us, that came out of just a crazy story of how that happened. I'm sure we'll go into, but as a result, we went from becoming purely wedding photographers. hundred percent of our work at the time was wedding photography. That's what we were known for uh, shooting weddings around the world but then also stepping into a phase of life where our, our family was growing and we wanted solutions to keep our business afloat without having to be gone from home constantly. So what we came up with was this experiment that ended up going very, very right. And many sessions have actually become our engine of our business. So it's really the number one generator of our income. It profits our business more than six figures a year 
and better than our luxury wedding photography, which we still do, but we just limit because we're able to do just a few weddings when we want to with the clients we want to. And the rest of our work is generally shot out in our backyard before dinner. So it's, it's kind of been a nice transition that I would, uh, it just does my heart good seeing anybody being able to transition their business and step into that kind of consistency and just peace of mind for photographers. Really nice. Wow. Okay. So did I hear that right, that you're generating over six figures from the mini sessions or that the mini sessions lead to full sessions? No. So we're actually, we have a six figure business of just mini sessions. The mini sessions do lead to a lot of full sessions, but really, you know, to me, the definition of a business, a good, healthy business with a purpose is, is an institution that is serving people's needs. So oftentimes you need a full length session that, you know, the, the client has special needs. They want to, they want a session that's done in a special location. That's uh, nostalgic or important to them. They're having a whole family reunion and they want all these different family groupings, or they want to do an outfit change. Sometimes the client has needs that a full length session is necessary to fulfill, but really in general, most of the time, all of those things aren't so important. Most of the time, families, senior um, high school senior portraits, or for a lot of our students, we don't have a boudoir studio, but a lot of our students are using it for pet photography and boudoir. Um, a lot of times people just want the portraits. They just want an update. They're happy with the outfits they chose. It took them enough work just to pick out that one outfit. They don't need a change. And so a mini session is really the thing that serves their needs better. And in fact, it appeals to maybe the kid's attention spans or dad's attention span. <laughs> and it's, it's just a much easier step into a new client experiencing you for perhaps the first time. So for us, the mini sessions are, we would happily just shoot mini sessions exclusively around the clock. But certainly when a client comes back to us because they love the experience and they have special needs they want us to fulfill, then we love doing that as well. We have a lot of return clients. Got it. So these definitely aren't a lost leader. These are a serious income generator for you guys. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's a loss leader component to the marketing, but the mini sessions themselves are our business. It's a business model that we basically have wrapped, packaged up and have had the great fortune and opportunity to, thanks to PPA, Professional Photographers of America, they have sent us around to a lot of the affiliates. Um, they have different organizations in, in every state here in the U.S., and also Imaging USA, their big conference, um, national conference. And just, I think they saw how this unusual strategy was just lifting the industry in some places where it was hard for people to get a foothold and it was helping them succeed. So we've, over some years now, have really enjoyed kind of touring around until this last year when in-person was limited, um, touring around and meeting people and teaching this and, and just seeing it help lift studios in all kinds of markets all over the place. Unreal. When I go to your website, thebloomsco, is that your only website? Because on that website, it shows you guys purely as wedding photographers. There's nothing about mini sessions. Yeah. There's no portraits. So what's the story there? That's right. Yeah, that is our only, um, well, I'll give a caveat. We do have various websites we use very strategically. So for example, Eileen does have a newborns business. It's bloombabies.com. So when she's photographing newborns in the studio, that's a very kind of a high level genre of photography that takes a lot of time, a lot of patience and, and also serving mom and dad in the studio. So it's not it's sort of the one genre um, that and headshots, which we also do in the studio are really the genres that can't be fit nicely into a mini sessions mold. But then all the other genres fit very nicely into that kind of strategy. So our main website, the blooms.co you're right. It's just, we've maintained this kind of that brand since the beginning as luxury wedding photographers. A lot of people talk about how as a photographer, you have to be sure you don't want to be a generalist, right? I'm sure you've heard this before, Andrew. Like, Absolutely. You don't want to be a generalist, <laughs> right? You want to be a specialist. And that's partly true. I've heard it from a thousand educators a thousand times. It's just not the full story. I think what people mean when they say that is you need to be a specialist in your marketing. And that's very important to realize the difference between being a specialist in your marketing versus actually being a generalist in your behind the scenes work. 
if a couple reaches out to us, they go to our website. We only want them to see wedding work. We don't want them to think we dabble in everything. Uh, you know, Eileen and I no longer have that business card that we printed out when we first started our business that said, you know, pet photography, commercial photography, wedding photography, family <laughs> photography, headshots. It said we do everything on the business card. And of course, we would leave piles of business cards on every coffee shop counter that we could find when the barista wasn't looking our way. You know, you just drop them and you're hoping for people to discover your business. Um, and so that's kind of desperate marketing, right? Yeah. And we all do that at some point in the beginning. But then we learned, you know, if we're going to market properly, it's going to be very strategic, very specialized. And so for our mini sessions, our portraits that actually bring in most of our income, we literally do not have a web page for that other than actually specialized behind the scenes landing pages. So we'll actually create basically private web pages that you would never find in a search. It's just a one page, how to book uh, simple form. And we will market strategically with a link going directly to that page. And so when we, um, we can talk about some of those exciting marketing strategies that work so brilliantly on the local level, but whenever we market, it just takes them straight to that hidden web page that you would otherwise never find with a web search. Got it. So are you using something like lead pages or you do have a separate website or is it just hidden on the blooms.co website? Where are these landing pages? Yeah, there's so many ways to do it, which is the great thing. Lead pages is a very popular one for building simple landing pages. We're actually using for our portrait clients and for many sessions currently is uh, Sticky. So Sticky started out as a company that is called Sticky Albums, and then they branched out to different marketing tools and just became the Sticky brand. So we're using that. It's kind of specially designed for photographers, which is the great thing. But there are other, like you said, lead pages, click funnels, and other software you can use to create those. Right. And you, I mean, potentially the listener, they could even use their own website, their current website, and just have a hidden page with no navigation as well. They don't need to have a third-party app, do they, to do this? Absolutely. Yeah. So if, you, you know, if you're designing your own web page, whether that's on WordPress or a platform like ShowIt that we use for the Blooms.co, uh, you can even build. And the great thing is, you know, if you understand the strategy, and what's important is just sort of understanding marketing psychology, what your client is thinking and how it's easiest to simplify the experience and kind of guide them by the hand. Because there's something in marketing known as consumer retreat. And unfortunately, we as photographers and really any business people have this tendency to think that the best way to market is by providing more options, right? And the more options you provide to someone, the more chance you're going to have of saying the right thing or offering the right thing for all those people who are on your website. And so there's something for everyone and then they're going to book you. But in reality, what we know just from deeper research and psychology is that that actually leads to consumer retreat where people have so many options. They don't feel confident in themselves to understand the choices, to make the right choice. Um, there's kind of a fear of making the wrong choice. And so people click away, they retreat. And so what a landing page does, if, if you write the right kind of copy, put in the right elements, put the calls to action, you know, the buttons where people can click and book you, put them in the right places. Then you have a really good chance of converting people who land on that page into clients. So you can design that on your own website, whether it's WordPress or show it or whatever. But the nice thing about some of these um, other software that kind of pre-design it for you is, well, first they're saving you time, but also they have a lot of the strategy built in to some of these templates and tools. And you can kind of drag and drop your pictures and just adjust the verbiage on those pages and just get moving and be a photographer again, instead of being a web designer. For sure. For sure. So you've talked about the, or you've mentioned the strategy. Can you give us an overview of the strategy? What is it? How does it work? Yeah, absolutely. So Many sessions for the most part, and this is where if we had a classroom and we're together with everyone who's listening right now, it would be fun to kind of take a survey or a show of hands and ask folks, what do you generally think of when you think of a mini session? How much does a mini session cost? What is the standard mini session? What's included? What is the product? And for most photographers around the world, and you know, I'm not sure what the conversion currently you know, today of the US dollar to the Australian dollar is, but Generally in the US, you ask this question and it's going to be a mini session is 150 to $200, somewhere in that range, 150 to $200, lasts about 30 minutes. 
and it includes about five to 10 digital images. That's the finished product. So you take the images for 30 minutes, you get what you can, and then you show those images to a client, probably on an online gallery. And then those clients pick their favorites. They have to narrow it down and then they have to kind of, you know, just forget about the others. Even if they like them, they kind of just limit it to those five or 10 choices. And then you pass the digitals on probably a digital download or a USB drive and you're done. It's this kind of low service, low value process. And then I think for most photographers, it's because of the ease. They know they can do that simple process and just get out of it. And they don't have to hear the feedback from the clients. They don't have to continue serving them. It's a lot of times it's our fears, right? And our, our lack of confidence as photographers that drives us to, to do that. We think it's just the easiest route. But ultimately, you have done all the work and spent all the time that you need to put in to create beautiful images. You created a product but then you're really not selling the product. And so that's that what that comes down to is a recipe for failure because you're trading your time for money. You're trading your most valuable commodity that you have in your life, your personal time, and you're creating a product, but then all you're really selling is your time. So what we realized, you know, in our personal story, Eileen and I had just gotten married. This is going back about 13 and a half years now. So we had just gotten married. Eileen is working as a barista at Starbucks at the time. I'm working as a high school teacher. And then in the summers, I'm working for my family's pool and spa business, installing swimming pools. And we decided to uh, start trying our hand at photography as a money-making thing. Because you know, a friend just asked me to shoot their wedding because they knew that I love photography. And they were trying to get a wedding photographer on the cheap. So we do, we shot that wedding and just showed some of the images online. And surprisingly, we started getting phone calls. Andrew, you're old enough to remember this is back a few years. So it's like a lot of photography businesses were just in the phone book. I do remember those days. There wasn't a lot of, uh, not everyone even had a webpage yet. So that helped. Eileen is an overachiever. So she kind of figured out how to hack together our first website. And we were ahead of the curve online. So people started to see our pictures, call our phone, and suddenly, you know, we just came up with some numbers and charged, I forget what it was, maybe $800, I think, for our base wedding package. And we started booking up so busy that we had engagement sessions to do, weddings on the calendar. We couldn't continue in our other jobs. So in a way, it seemed like we were living the dream. We became full-time in less than a year. But that wasn't because we were running a smart business model. We were um, we basically lost our other jobs. We gave them away, thought we were going to go live the dream as photographers doing what we love for a living. And it was too late once we had jumped into it and given up our other jobs. Only then a year later did we find out that we're spending more money to keep our business going. <laughs> we're spending money to go shoot all these photos for everyone and stay up all night editing the images and all the figuring out the business. And we're spending money to do that to the point that we can't pay our mortgage one day. In fact, we're cutting costs everywhere we can. We can't even pay for trash pickup. So we're collecting our trash in the carport throughout the week. And then I would throw it all in the back of our Volkswagen Jetta at the end of the week and drive it to the dump myself. So our car smells like trash. And so that's, that's where we found ourselves kind of desperate and painted into a corner. And we thought, you know what? What we have to do is stop trying to be amazing artists and run a business as artists. And we need to run a business as business people instead, you know, work smarter. And we were really stupid up to that point because Eileen actually has a business degree and we just had never really thought, oh, we should implement some of that stuff that all those old people in the textbooks wrote about. <laughs> but we decided, okay, we're going to, we're going to trust the process. We're going to trust the process. We're going to go to what the experts have researched over centuries. We can't test it on weddings. Like this new business model that you learned in business school. seems like it's going to work. We're going to have to really commit ourselves to selling prints and products, at least offer them, you know, because maybe someone wants them and they were just shy about asking for it. They knew we didn't offer it because we're working out of the trunk of our car. So maybe people want that if we at least offer it, but we can't like test it on our wedding because our weddings are booked out a year. We already have the contracts. We already gave them the pricing and we're going to be out of business in two months. So let's do a big test case. Let's actually do like a scientific experiment here. 
And we will schedule in three weeks from now, we'll have a weekend of mini sessions. And mini sessions are something that we had tried once. And like everyone tries them, they just completely failed. We just burnt ourselves out and worked so hard to photograph all of these tons of families. We tried to bring through as many as we could. We shot for cheap and we worked for days on end just to deliver everything and still had complaints because it was impossible to do it fast enough. So we thought if we can make this work with mini sessions, then we know that this pricing structure and this type of offering will work anywhere. And so that's what we did. We scheduled our first mini sessions. It was about three weeks out and come three weeks later, we had, you know, not a ton of bookings. We had about 12 bookings. So six on a six shoots that we did on a Friday and then six more shoots we did the next day on Saturday. And we shot those sessions. We offered the products in this way that we thought kind of fit the marketing mold we had read about. And as a result, we made over $8,000 that weekend as like early startup photographers who were failing at business. Wow. We made $8,000 in a weekend and we just slapped our foreheads and just realized, you know, why weren't we doing this from the beginning? Uh, this is, this is the answer. And so we applied that to our wedding business. Our studio became an official Bulldog 100 fastest growing business here in the U.S. And then we, of course, just continued to do many sessions strategically and allowed that to become, you know, we were making more for many sessions because we weren't booking $8,000 weddings yet. But even when we were, you do six months to a year of preparation, vendor, coordination, um, appeasing the mother of the bride, all kinds of work that goes into photographing a wedding. And many sessions just didn't require that. It required a few weeks of marketing and then you shoot and turn it around the prints that week. And so that became much more our speed. And so that's kind of, that's one element of the, I hope I didn't, you know, I kind of over answered that by going into our story a little bit, our background, but that's sort of one element of the process itself. And ultimately it led to clients who they were paying us all this money and they were thanking us for the experience. Like it was amazing. We had never seen people so happy to pay us money. And it was because they were walking away with something physical in their hands, you know, prints, a canvas, a simple little, we don't design whole albums for many sessions because there's just not that many pictures from a 20 minute session, but they'll order these simple little gift albums and they'll come back every year because they have to, it becomes a tradition. They always want to get their gift album that year to add to their library of their growing family portraits or bring their next child. Who's now their next child is a senior and so it's been just awesome to actually see families grow this way and rewarding to have clients who, because you're offering a, a product and a service that it's not just once in a lifetime, like a wedding, it's a service that people come back for again and again. And any business will tell you that a repeat client, a loyal customer is the number one valuable asset that any business can have. So I think that's what it created for us. And that's how it changed everything. That's so good. So just let me ask you a couple of things about what you've just shared there, Philip. So I think you said it was 12 clients over a two-day period and you made $8,000. Was that the numbers? Yeah, that was that first that first year for us. Right. So that's an average of almost $700. So were the clients booking in for a $700 session or were they booking in for a you know, $100 session and then being upsold products at the back end? Great, great question. Okay, so- what we see now, you know, so this is almost 13 years ago, we tried this for the first time. And what we see now, 13 years later, where we have thousands of photographers doing this exact program throughout the US and abroad, that I would say the average client spends about $800 on a mini session for a photographer who's getting this program started. So it averages out to about 800. And this is where that question of the loss leader comes in, Andrew. Shooting mini sessions itself is not a loss leader to lead to bigger sessions or to lead to weddings. The mini sessions themselves are profitable, like we talked about. But part of the marketing strategy here is going to be that we don't market the mini session as a $150 or a $200 investment. And we don't even sell $800 mini sessions. I've seen people do that. My wife and I have actually hired a photographer who we really liked before, and they offered $800 mini sessions. They were very in demand, um, had a great brand. And so we knew them, we trusted them. And so we hired them for an $800 mini session. But to be honest, we actually didn't have that great of an experience. I think it was just an off day. The pictures weren't all in focus. And I think that's why most people are afraid to spend a high dollar amount right off the bat 
because we haven't shown them a product. If we ask people to pay us a high dollar amount, whether it's 200 or 800, it's almost in my mind, because Eileen and I filter everything in our business, all of our business choices through our values to decide if it's something we want to do. Does it support our value system? And to me, it's just not the most honest way to run any business. You know, a McDonald's may ask you to pay for your food ahead of time and you know exactly what you're going to get. You're going to get like some fake meat between some cardboard buns, right? (laughs) So it's a known commodity. That's a very low dollar amount and you pay it ahead of time, but you go to a five-star restaurant and they're not going to ask you to shell out the money before they bring you your meal. They're going to show you the product. They're going to allow you to experience it first. This is what luxury businesses do. They're going to prove themselves to you. You're going to sit down there and that waiter is going to treat you like royalty. And if you have no complaints and if you have the experience of your life, then you're very happily going to pay that bill at the end of the meal, right? Mm -hmm. So why do we as photographers who we don't run commodity style businesses, that's not the structure of the businesses we're in. We have to understand that as artists, we are a luxury business and we have to operate under that framework if it's going to work for us. So what what we'll do is we'll actually have a booking fee that holds their spot. This is the loss leader. It'll be, it varies depending on market, but here where we are, we charge a $49 booking fee. And that includes nothing except for holding their spot, right? So they'll pay that. And it's a very easy point, a sort of a low barrier to entry. So people can get on board with that. And then we have a whole menu of the prints, the products, the artwork that we can sell, whether we want to sell that in studio, which when I say in studio, we work from our home. So if we want to have them in and do an in-person sales in our home, or if we want to do those sales online, which is what we do primarily. And certainly over this past year, did almost exclusively, then those print and artwork sales, that becomes a real business. That's scalable because if you just had four killer portraits that you created during that time, that's enough to create a beautiful, you know, wall collage, a collection of beautiful artwork that's going to hang in someone's home, as well as some Christmas cards or some sort of thing that they might want to order to use seasonally. And so all of a sudden you become a business instead of just a laborer. Sure. And I think that's what makes the difference. Absolutely. And that makes total sense. But there must be some kind of qualifying process because if I register for a $49 mini session, which you know we can call it a lost leader or a small investment or a booking fee, at what point do you tell me that I might potentially spend $800? Because if that's something I'm totally not interested in, I'm not coming in for that session. Right, right. And this is something that, you know, when we're walking through this with a student, a photographer who has never kind of experienced any kind of sales offering products in their business yet, it's almost always the same inhibition that they have at first night. And I relate to it. You know, I completely resonate with it because it's how I felt for the early years of our business. I was scared to death to offer artwork and product because ultimately showing those prices, right? Like if I show these clients what things are going to cost beforehand, the fear in my mind is, well, then they're just, they're going to ghost on me. They're going to disappear. They're going to maybe even, you know, criticize me for uh, being too confident in my work and how could I charge that for, uh, so it was really for me when I was at that point in our business, it was a real kind of a, a low self-esteem and fear that my work wasn't good enough. So I had to find a way to get past that and understand that when someone doesn't book me, you know, you get an inquiry and then you give that inquiry the information and they don't book you. That's not a failure. That's actually a success. Uh, Seth Godin. So Seth Godin, who has written a ton of fantastic marketing books. He's known as the godfather of modern marketing. He says the purpose of excellent marketing is not only to convert new clients, it's actually to chase unqualified clients away. Mm -hmm. So the purpose of marketing isn't just to attract clients. We're not supposed to just tell people what they want to hear and scratch their itchy ears because then we end up booking people who really are misinformed about what the process is going to be and are going to end up being dissatisfied because their expectations aren't met. But actually, if our marketing chases people away and we count that as a success, then that allows us the freedom to keep moving forward and scale what we're doing. So yes, absolutely. The finest point I can put on this is that as soon as someone inquires, we send pricing out immediately. There's no bait and switch. There's never any hiddenness or that. We want to get the inquiry so that we can start a conversation. 
and express what the value is to what we do, how we're a full service studio. What we do is different than someone who's just, you know, has a camera and is shooting out of the trunk of their car. We have this experience to offer. And we give all of that pricing in an email to them after their inquiry. And as a result, this is what people say all the time is, well, then doesn't that chase a lot of people away? And yes, because that's the purpose of the process. Yes. So I would say that our marketing draws in a ton of inquiries. Most of those inquiries disappear because we have made plainly clear what the prices and, and the experience are going to be out about. And then a select group of clients, after they get that information, they see the price, it doesn't phase them, and they see what the experience is going to be about. And that's exactly what they want. They are a neo, which we can talk about what that is in a minute, but they're a neo uh, person in the market and they want that experience. And as a result, they book and the process moves on smoothly. All of our clients are completely qualified. They're the right kind of clients who respect what we do, who appreciate the value of artwork. And we're not responsible for educating them or slapping them on the wrist when they misbehave or disrespect our art or something like that because they're the right kind of qualified clients. And so that's how that process kind of prevents bottom of the barrel bargain hunters from making that mistake. Got it. So Philip, does the client, when they respond to your marketing, and I'm assuming that's some kind of an ad, which we can talk about, is that when, let's say they go, yes, I'm interested. They raise their hand by giving you their email address or whatever it may be on your landing page. Is that when they get the pricing or do they pay the $49 you know, holding deposit first and then see the pricing? No. Yeah. They'll absolutely see the pricing, all of that first before they even book that. And so there are a couple steps and I'll just sort of say what they are exactly as a point of strategy. This is really helpful. So they'll inquire, they'll receive an email that of course, not only provides the pricing in a really beautifully well-formatted professional menu, but it will also describe what the experience is about. And it focuses on what that experience is about. And it doesn't say, and these are our prices and we apologize for that, um, but we promise it'll be worth it. <laughs> it. We just, we always speak from a place of the assumed sale. You know, we're not shy about our prices and so you shouldn't be. So we'll say, you know, most clients choose one of our packages. Here are our packages. This, and we won't say, you know, it just, it includes a canvas that is printed on with the finest archival inks. And you don't want to talk about just material things. What we know is that people buy emotionally. There's actually the limbic part of our brains. When that is activated, that's the emotional part of our brain. That's actually the part of our brain that we use to make purchasing decisions. So if you talk a lot about facts and details and materials then you've lost someone. It actually closes down the limbic part of the brain and people don't need material things. We don't need to encourage people to be materialistic. The things that are important in our lives are our relationships. It's the people we love. It's the moments we can't get back. And so if we talk to somebody about how our packages include artwork, big, beautiful displays that will brighten your home with the pictures of the ones you love, your kids will grow up uh, looking up on the walls and seeing your family at the center, at the heart of your home. And they'll know that your relationships take the priority over everything else in your life, because that is at the center of your home. That's the kind of thing we're talking about in this email and in all of our marketing. And we can talk about how the experience of the shoot, it won't be like here, we'll teach you how to pose and all these practical things. We're going to talk to the limbic brain. We'll have scenarios that we're going to walk them through that are going to allow their family to connect in a way that, you know, get away from devices, get away from the routine and connect in a way that they haven't for a long time emotionally or to give that senior confidence in their high school portraits. And so the experience is there with all the pricing married together. And when that passes in front of the right kind of client's eyes, then they are given a 24 hour period to book. And so there's still urgency. They know that they have a button, a link in that email that if now that they've seen everything, they'd like to confirm their booking. We already know what time they like. We've already confirmed that it's available. If they'd like to confirm and keep their time, then they can press that button, pay their $49 and confirm it. Otherwise it'll go out to the public automatically if we haven't heard from them. And so it gives them the freedom to make that choice without us having to kind of go back and forth anymore. 
God. Okay, so this all happens on sticky pages. You have your landing page with all this information. They've got their countdown timer. They can schedule a time on, I'm guessing, via Acuity or Calendly or something like that, and then pay via Stripe or PayPal. So this is all happening without you actually having to get involved. Yeah, that's the nice thing is we do have a, um, you know, a lot of people aren't using all those software like you mentioned. Calendly is one that for a long time, we worked with different students trying to set it up and it just didn't have the features over the years to qualify the lead really well. You know, it was kind of like half automated and you still had to go in there and make manual adjustments and replies to people. So we personally use 17 Hats, which is a small business CRM. It was designed originally for four photographers. So it kind of manages our whole studio. And we actually worked with, we consulted for 17 Hats as they developed their own automatic calendar, like Calendly, their own automatic software. Not everybody has those pieces of software necessarily pieced together. So we have, uh, when we work with the students, we have sort of a whole system tells you step-by-step. You can copy and paste this email. You can do the whole thing manually just using your Gmail if you want to. But we also have this whole automated system that you literally plug into a program like 17 Hats and you're right. It's beautiful. It's complex. You want to understand a system like that because if something breaks in the software, you don't want to be left out in the rain and clients like getting emails at the wrong time and confusion. But when you set it up the right way, it is beautiful. You can literally launch your email sequence, your marketing that goes out to your email list, and then watch your calendar just fill up. And literally, it's a conversation going on back and forth between your computer and your potential client. And we can take the kids out for a bike ride. And we're doing that while the bookings are being handled by our virtual uh, (laughs) studio manager and come home and see that weekend calendar filled up. So it is really exciting and worthwhile to do the work at the front end and get that set up. That is so good. So let's say I've gone through the booking process. I've seen the price list. I've selected my date for the session and I've paid my booking fee. Do I just turn up then on the day? Do I get directions to your home or do you or Eileen jump on the phone and give me a call and talk about what to expect? Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. So everything you've shared today and what you're referring to now, that's all inside the Maximizing Mini Sessions e-course. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I haven't actually mentioned, (laughs) I haven't mentioned much about the course because I'm hoping that anyone who listens to this is going to just take a lot of these ideas. I mean, for us, all of this just started as ideas, right? No one gave us a course. And so it took us, you know, 10 or 11 years to kind of to fill in the gaps. But the ideas to me are the things I've learned from others and try to pass on are priceless. The course itself is kind of what a lot of photographers call the Bloom's studio in a box. It's basically our whole studio structure that you can plug in and replicate. So it's hours of videos of not just the teaching, uh, the classroom style teaching, but actually showing our mini sessions in action behind the scenes, showing our in-person sales in action behind the scenes, our virtual sales behind the scenes. It's all of our emails. It's all of the order that you should send them in, all of our marketing pieces, all of our verbiage we use, as well as if someone does want to currently because of the COVID thing, we've we've had all of these awesome companies who have seen what Maximizing Minis has done in the industry who have supported us. So that's you know 17 hats and sticky. They actually include an extended free use of uh, their software because It's worked so great for the landing pages, the marketing, the software that actually does that for you. Plus the whole 17 hats has the auto booking that just does that whole process for you. So in the course is like our actual software plugins where you can drop those into the software and it builds all of our automations. And of course you have to go in there and replace our names. Um, or I think we already took our names out. You would replace where it says enter photographer's name here and you put in your own information and your own logos but then you have basically our structure, our automation that every time we do a mini session, we just start that system over again and press play and kind of let it run. Unreal. I love it. I love it. So you're going to set up a special landing page and share a link with me to give to listeners so they can go and look into this in more detail. For you, the listener, let's use the link now, the URL photobizx.com forward slash minis. 
That's photobizx.com forward slash minis, M-I-N-I-S. And that'll lead you to the landing page that Philip's going to set up so you can check out this incredible course, which does sound amazing. So I know you can't guarantee, Philip, what people will make or generate with the course, but by the sound of things, if we follow along, should we be able to average, you know, six, $800 sales? Oh, yeah. I mean, what you find is when you have a system, and it's something that I have had to drill into my own head because I always step back from things that are taught to me with hesitation at first. And then this quote that Jeff Woods taught me of trust the process comes back and back to me over and over again. So when you trust the process and you allow it to actually qualify your leads and you don't decide to break a rule or change something in order to give in to that, that person who inquired and said, well, won't you just you know, won't you just give me a break or I have this situation and won't you feel bad for me and and do things differently for me? It's so tempting to drop that confidence and change something. And then you end up with clients who aren't qualified. And this is what I have to say to that, because most of the time when we as photographers, I mean, I know there's people who are listening right now and who are thinking, yeah, but I actually want to do that because I'm just an empathetic person. I love people. I want to give and be generous. And so it comes from a really great place. Like photographers are artists. Photographers are generally every photographer, you know, I've met or had in a workshop are just awesome giving people. But what I always want to remind everyone listening right now, like any photographer who's trying to run a business, if your business fails, what impact can you have on the world? A starving artist cannot feed the hungry. So we have to decide what we want our legacy to be. Do we want the greatest thing that we ever left to the world to be that we gave a discount to somebody who didn't really value our photography that much? Was that the greatest generosity we gave the world? Or can our businesses succeed to a ridiculous level, making our clients happier than they've ever been before and allowing us to succeed financially in a way we've never thought possible? If we do that, then heck, you know what? Take your extra time and money and just... Do free sessions for needy people who wouldn't have it at all. Give to people who need food and shelter. Change their lives. Um, The generosity that you'll be able to give to the world when your business succeeds. Business owners, artists have like, again, have those superpowers that can change the world that almost no one else has. So my encouragement would just be avoid the temptation. Avoid the temptation to give in and change the system. Know that the experience and the product you offer, your artwork is meaningful. And if you don't believe that, no one else will. If you believe it, you're going to find the clients who believe it too. They're out there. You may just not have walked in those social circles before. I had not before, but they're out there and you'll meet them. And it'll, it'll just change your life experience dramatically. So let me bring you back. So if we follow what you're teaching and we stick to the rules that you've outlined in the course, should we be able to generate six and $800 sales? Yes. I would expect seven to $800 US is the average that our students wow. see come out from a mini session when they start running those at the beginning. Now, there's a couple pro tips that we go into later that I would say like, start out simple. Don't try to do everything at once. Just do the basic mini sessions that we guide you through the structure of. And then we give a few pro tips on sort of some advanced products that you can offer, some advanced kind of customer loyalty options that you can give people who want to come back every year. And what Eileen and I have seen is that our averages stay constantly above 1500 per client now. Our last mini session that we did last Thursday was a $2,000 sale. And that was, I say the Thursday because this is something I won't go into deeply now. It's all in the course, but our mini sessions, we only actually run them publicly twice a year, sometimes just once, but usually spring and fall. Spring and fall, we actually publicly advertise our mini sessions. Uh, if you do it more often than that, then it doesn't seem special and people don't feel like it's urgent to book. However, we have many sessions booked secretly who just show up at our house. You know, If you don't have a backyard, then you could run these at the nearest park that's convenient to you. But it's those partnerships with our local businesses who are constantly giving away our sessions to people. And then it's just a steady flow of people who will just show up maybe one a day, maybe two a day. We'll have maybe three in a week. And they just come one at a time for 20 minutes in our backyard. And I'm able to photograph them, go in for dinner afterwards. And those are the sessions that are filling in those gaps and just creating a constant revenue stream. 
So good. I love it. Philip, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. I'm so glad we had a chance to connect. And I'm really excited to record the second part of this interview with someone who's actually doing what you teach. Awesome. So that's going to be next week. And again, massive thanks for coming on, sharing what you did. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you, Philip. Thanks, Andrew. Pleasure. Have a great one. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Philip as much as I did. Philip, if you're listening, again, thank you so much for coming on, sharing everything you did, being a a totally open book about your maximizing mini sessions strategy. I know there are going to be a ton of takeaways for listeners. So again, thank you so much. And for you, the listener, I hope I am correct in saying that. I hope there were a ton of takeaways. Is this something that you will be going forward to implement into your business? I'd love to hear about it if you are planning to do that. And if you are already photographing mini sessions, did you pick something up from Philip? Was there something that he's doing that you thought, yes, absolutely, I can utilize that in my business? Or are you a wedding photographer thinking about supplementing your income by adding mini sessions? Whatever your feedback, whatever your comments, I'd love to hear them. If you are a premium member, be sure to let me know in the members group. I'll be adding Philip to the group so you can ask him any follow-up questions that you might have. And of course, if you are listening to the free version of the podcast, you can hit Philip up on social media or you can leave a comment in the comments area of the show notes, which this week are at photobizx.com forward slash 421. Now, in those show notes, I've got examples of Philip and Eileen's beautiful mini session work, their photography. I've also got links to anywhere and anything that he mentioned there all in one spot. And of course, if you'd like to check out the secret of maximizing mini sessions course, head over to photobizx.com forward slash minis. You'll find a link to a webinar there, the special discounted price, which is included with that webinar. It's where you'll get a complete step-by-step process on implementing exactly what Philip was talking about in today's interview if you really want to have your hand held through the entire process. So photobizx.com forward slash minis, M-I-N-I-S, if you want more details on that. Alrighty, that is it for this episode of the podcast. I have a massive day ahead. I'm going to get this interview out to you today. Linda and I have just sold our house, our beautiful house in Terrigal, And we've just made an offer on a new house, a little bit closer to the beach down in Terrigal still. I was under strict instructions. Well, (laughs) Linda was adamant that she didn't want to leave the Central Coast. And we basically had the choice of about three or four different suburbs (laughs) that we were allowed to consider for a new home. So we found something not far from where we are now, even closer to the beach a beautiful home. We've put the offer in. It's been accepted, but we haven't exchanged contracts yet. We're hoping that happens later today. And I can tell you that Linda is absolutely ecstatic about the new place. She really is excited. She's not sleeping. She's planning where furniture is going to go, how things are going to be set up and arranged. She wakes me up in the middle of the night to talk about color schemes and (laughs) different things about the house. So I know that this really is the one for us if we can get it. So Uh, Yeah, we're going back down to the house to have another look today and hopefully to exchange contracts as well, which means it really will be happening. Alrighty, I hope you are safe, healthy and well wherever you are in the world. I'll be back next week with part two of our mini session strategies interview. Until then, stay well and I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. If you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment, and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest. 